Hey guys, so the first thing you need to know about this podcast is that I am recording it in my 10-year-old's bedroom because I had this idea for a great podcast and I needed it to go this week. And since we normally record podcast episodes way in advance, I had to add it in. And add it in means recording it on my iPhone at Sawyer's desk. Um, And here's the irony. For any of you who also have children, I could not figure out how to get this app to open on my phone. And I did just have to ask my 12-year-old to come in and show me how my phone worked. So that is the level of skill and talent that we are working with today. Um, No, it's a big week around here. It's why I'm adding in this podcast episode at the last minute, because I am so excited about this week's launch of my QVC clothing line. Uh, For those of you who have followed me for a long time, you know that this has been something I have been working toward forever. And there are a few reasons I wanted to do a podcast about it. One, frankly, there are very few podcasters in the world who have built their own apparel line, who have ever gotten a product on QVC. And I know that some of you who are small business owners dream of doing the same thing. And so I thought it would be really cool and helpful if I told you exactly how I got an apparel line on QVC. That's number one. Like just for people who are curious and want to know the answers, I'm going to give them to you. Uh, Two, because the way that I got my apparel line on QVC is the same method that I used to get a book deal. It's the same method that I used to train for my first marathon. It's the same method that I used to achieve literally every goal, personal or professional, that I've ever pursued in my entire life. No joke. I I don't know about you guys, but I feel like so often I see these people in media or in books and they've done these things and they're telling us all this big stuff, right? So they're like, you know, believe in yourself and follow your dreams. And I'm like, yes, but how did you do it? When I first started in business, I was an event planner and I came into the high-end wedding and event planning space in Los Angeles. And at least at that time, it felt very much like there were all of these people who had been in the industry and they had so much information and they 100% would not talk to, would not share with, would not help anybody else. It was a total like scarcity mentality. If I help her with her business, then, you know, I'll lose clients or whatever. And so, so much of what I know, 99% of what I know, I had to figure out on my own. I had to read books and research and uh, ask a billion questions from people who were not in my industry and then kind of use that information and try and twist it and make it work for what I was doing. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I really feel like I've only gotten the mentorship and the help in business once I was already successful. Like sit with that for a minute. I don't know if y'all ever feel like this, but in my career, It's funny, like nobody wanted to come and walk alongside me until I had figured it out myself. Nobody wanted to come and be supportive until I was already succeeding. And I'm so grateful for my friends in business. I am so grateful for the mentors who've showed up in my life in the last nine months. But make no mistake, there were 14 years as an entrepreneur, 14, where nobody was here to help me. 
And I want to make sure you understand that because I know for a lot of you, you're dealing with something similar. You are walking through a season or you're walking through a part of your life where there's nobody to help you. And it could be really easy to think that because nobody's here to help you, there's no chance of you succeeding. And I am here to tell you that that is just 100% not true. So today, I'm going to take you through exactly how I got my QVC line, but I'm also going to make sure you understand how you can apply this layout, this kind of thinking into any, literally any goal you want to achieve. In fact, there's an entire chapter in my new book, Girl Stop Apologizing, where I lay this out like with visuals. I show you exactly like you start here, you work backwards, here are the things you need, here's what you have to do. So if you are trying to chase down a goal, whatever it looks like for you, this book, I wrote Girl Stop Apologizing, and I don't care if you're a boy. If you're a boy and you're listening to this, this book, I know I say girl, but that's just the vernacular. This absolutely applies to you too. If you are trying to figure out how to achieve a goal in your personal life or your professional life, this book is literally everything I know about how to get to the next place in your life. And so today, I'm going to tell you how I did that to get a line at QVC. Listen in. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is the Rise Podcast. Okay, QVC and my love affair with QVC and this vision that I had for my life of getting a line with them started several years ago when I had my very first cookbook. So maybe some of you for the first time are learning that I even had a cookbook. In fact, I've had two. And in which case, I need to point out that I started in the blogging space as a food blogger. My, gosh, I guess my fourth, fifth, fifth book was a cookbook. First four, so I had three fiction books, one fiction novella, and then my fifth book was this cookbook. And I was really excited because I got to go on QVC to promote my cookbook. Now, go back with me in time to all of these several years ago. Getting on, there's two things, and I'm sure the people who have been on QVC for 100 years could tell you more information about how you do this, but for me, this is what I know. Um, Your product can get accepted to be on QVC, but you also have to be approved to be on air. They're two totally separate things. So they might like your product. They might say, man, we love these socks that you make. But in order to come and bring your socks on air, you've got to do this full day training. Several years ago, I fly to Pennsylvania and then I drive that like hour long drive to go to Westchester. And I spend a day in a room with like 15 other people. 
And we're learning all about QVC and its mission and how they treat and care for their customers and the things that you have to do to be on air. And it's just all of this stuff building up to the end of the day where you get a chance to do a mock on-air moment with one of their real hosts and there's a producer watching you. And if you don't do well, you, you're you out of luck. Like it doesn't, oh, great, you had a great product. Sorry, you're not good on camera. And there's ways around that. So you could do training and you can get better or you can use someone who's approved to be on air. But if if it's someone like me and you're the personality and you are the one who's got to present this product, it was either I nail this or I'm out of luck. But my whole mission for wanting to get on QVC in the first place was I have done so much TV. They called if they wanted to know how to do, you know, set the table for Thanksgiving or if the Nate Burka show needed someone to show them holiday decorations or Steve Harvey show wanted someone to do a summer picnic. Like I was the lifestyle person for all of these daytime shows and I knew how to talk on camera. I knew how to interact with a host. And so I had this vision, like, if I can go on QVC, I'll just rule the world, frankly. So I do my training and I get approved to be on camera. And then I'm coming back maybe like two months later to do my book. And the entire experience was so, so special to me. It just felt like such a big deal. I was so emotional about having my cookbook come out into the world. And I just kept thinking, I mean, there's a video of me somewhere just like bawling in my hotel room because I'm realizing that this little cookbook, which was filled with my family's recipes, was about to be seen by all of these hundreds of thousands of people who watch QVC. And I was so emotional because I just kept thinking about my grandma Neely and my uncle Joe and the members of my family who are gone to heaven. They passed away years ago, but their recipes were in the cookbook. And I just kept thinking how special it is that people all over the country are going to hear me talk about my grandma Neely's apple cake or my uncle Joe's beef stew. And in in that, these members of my family would, would live on. And I just thought it was so special, and I was so proud of myself. So big deal. I, I go back out to QVC, and I go on air and had so much fun with one of their hosts, David. He was in the kitchen with David as this great, like, foodie kitchen show. And it was such a fun experience, and I loved it. And on the plane ride home from that trip, I was like, I want to create a product and I want to bring it back to QVC. Just to give you a quick idea, that time I got to go on QVC because I had a publisher who had a relationship with them and they pitched my book. A couple of things about that. One, I didn't have any of the contacts from that experience. So like I can't reach out to those people and be like, hi, I'm Rachel. Two, with a cookbook or frankly any book, you really don't make a ton of money. I'm just like going to lay it out there to you. If you are a publisher, if you are a retailer, you make way more than the author of the book does. Straight up. Like that's just the nature of the beast. Um, I know how much my books sell for and I know how much I get in royalty and it's frankly a couple of bucks. Just know 
that going on QVC and selling a bunch of cookbooks there wasn't a financially lucrative thing for me. But I thought if I brought back a product that I owned, then I would make a higher margin. I would make I would have more money. And one of the reasons that I love being an entrepreneur and that I'm so passionate about small business owners is I really love that you live, there's that old saying, right? Like you live or you die by your own sword. Meaning, if I work my tail off, if I'm like here and I'm taking these punches and I'm doing this work and I'm trying so hard, then I want to benefit from that. When you work for someone else, and lots of people work for other people, and I have a whole incredible staff of employees who work with me to build this business, and I'm so grateful for them. But when you work for someone else, you are your your success, your financial success is determined by that person's willingness to take care of you. And if you work for yourself, I just, I always had it in my head that like, well, if I'm the one working so hard and if I'm the one marketing this and if I'm the one putting myself out there, I should benefit from it more. So I really got focused on wanting to have my own line and I didn't really know what I was going to do at first. I just, all I had was this vision. I'm going to have a line of something on QVC. And if you're wondering why QVC, it's because I knew that I could sell stuff on camera, frankly. I knew that if I could explain to you, like I might not be perfect at digital marketing or I'm not the biggest expert on how to write an email, I don't know, but one thing I know that I can do well is explain to you, a female audience or a mostly female audience, why I love this camo jacket why I love this striped shirt, why I love this button down. And if I can tell you why I love it, then there's a chance that you're like, oh, I could pair that with my black skinny jeans. And oh, you know what? I've been looking for a lightweight jacket for spring. So that's perfect. Like I knew that if I could talk you through why I was into something that you might be interested in it too. So I wanted QVC because I wanted to get that on air time. And I then started to try and figure out what product I wanted to make. So here, here before I get too much more into detail, I want to explain to you how, like this is the big thing with me and every goal I have ever tried to achieve, ever, ever worked for anything in my life. Lots of people are like, where am I today and where am I going? I do not do that. I start with the goal. I start with the goal and I work backwards. I start with the goal and I work backwards. And if you're able right now as you're listening to this, this is the episode to have a pen and a piece of paper and write it out. Better yet, if you have your copy of Girl Stop Apologizing, go to 153, which is the chapter on planning, planning to achieve a goal. So if you're wondering what I'm working through, that, that's where we're going to go. So where are you going? Uh, You're right here today. What's the goal? And now we're going to work backwards. And for me, the goal was not, I want an apparel line on QVC. The end goal was a product line on QVC. And then I needed to work backwards. Now I know what I want to end up with, but I've got to figure out 
what is the product line on QVC? So for instance, let, let, me, let me give you a different example of this. Maybe for you in your personal life, the end goal is I want to challenge myself to do something physical I didn't think I could do. That's the end goal for you. The step right before that, right before that, not where you are, but right before that would be identifying how or what. So maybe for you, you're like, I want to challenge myself to do something physical. And then you're like, what is that going to be? That's going to be a half marathon. For me, the end goal was I want a product line on QVC. The what ended up being apparel. And let me tell you why. I was at a conference a few years ago uh, around this same time. And they asked this woman on stage, she, she built a company called uh, reward style, which you may have seen on Instagram. It's a reward style or like to know it. People who are fashion Instagrammers, um, they tag a photo with the clothes. And then if you like the picture, you get an email that tells you where everything's from so that you can go buy those jeans yourself. So she built this company and they asked this woman, They said, if there were influencers sitting in the audience right now, what is the one thing that you would tell them that they don't know? And she said, and someday I will meet this woman. Her name's Amber. Someday I will meet this. Or if you know her, man, tell, please tell her that this, this profoundly changed the trajectory of my life and my career. This is a big deal. What I'm about to tell you guys right now. She said, If you are an influencer, if you are known for something and people pay you to talk about a certain product and not just one company, but several different companies pay you to talk about a product and you do not create that product yourself, you are an idiot. That's what she said. And I was floored because I would never tell you guys, like I would never ever self-identify as someone who's into fashion. I'm not, I wouldn't at the time have told you I was stylish or I just, it, it, I wouldn't. Most of my life, truly, I live, like right now I'm sitting here in grubby workout clothes. Most of my life, I really do live in Lululemon. I just wear workout clothes all the time, mostly because I work out in the morning and then I'm too lazy to change. But It was the first time that I realized that 90% of the people who were paying me to do influencer marketing for them were clothing brands. And she was like, you guys, if all sorts of different brands who sell the same product keep coming to you and asking you to promote it or endorse it, there's a reason. There's a reason. And I was like, dude, even if you, this is me talking to me, even if you don't think that you have fashion sense, other people like to know what you're wearing. They want to know where you got those jeans. They're interested in that t-shirt. And I think for me, I really didn't identify as like a stylish or fashionable person, frankly, because my style is more casual. I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl. Like, I love a great pair of denim and a great tee. That's just me. If it's hot in the summertime, I'm wearing cutoffs and flip-flops. I'm wearing cutoffs and converse. And, like, I still want it to be cute. I still want to look fashionable. But I just, I guess I always thought of fashion, Instagrammer, style, like, people who wore, like, silk. And so what I realized was there must be something 
about my style, even if I don't get it, there must be other women like me who have a more casual style and want some ideas in that space. So when Amber said that on stage that day, it was like a lightning bolt in my body. Like I just knew we, that's it. It's apparel. And I've got to figure out how to get an apparel line on QVC, which brings me to the roadmap. This honestly, I don't think I've done a great job of marketing this one piece of Girl Stop Apologizing, truly. And I'm going to figure out a way to do this better. This roadmap, if you are a dreamer, if you are working towards a goal, this roadmap in the planning section, like just this chapter on planning to achieve a goal is worth an untold amount of money. Like if someone would have given me this, a decade ago and just said, oh, here's how you do it. For me, it's about starting with the finish line and then breaking that trail, breaking, I call it a roadmap. So imagine that you are looking at a map and if you have the book, this is on page 161, you are looking at the goal. You're looking at a finish line. And then I want you to imagine your starting place. Your starting place is where you are right now today. And I want you to break down where you're going and where you are into three bite-sized pieces. I call these the mile markers. So we break down our roadmap into one, two, three, finish line. Those mile markers, as I describe them, and this makes more sense if you're looking, if you're looking at the visual in the book, but the mile markers are the three big things that have to happen in order for you to get to that goal. The three big things that have to happen in order for you to get to the goal. And most people don't even try for a big, crazy, audacious goal because they're like, I would have no idea where to start. Yeah, because you don't know people at QVC or because you don't know any literary agents or because you don't know how to do that. And so you talk yourself out of even trying. And I thoroughly believe that you can achieve any big goal if you're willing to break it down into to smaller chunks. How I do this is I start with something that I call an idea soup. If you do monthly coaching with me, then you've heard me, you know, you've seen us do brainstorms like this and the business coaching before. An idea soup is when I take, and there's a visual in the book on page 159, but I take a piece of paper and I just write down everything I can think of between me and my end goal. What is everything that I might need in order to get that goal? And here's another way to say it. In order for me to have this goal, what must be true? Write that down. If you're writing this with me, in order for me to have this goal, what must be true? And it's not going to be one thing. It's going to be many things. If it's a big goal, there's going to be many things that must be true in order for that to happen. So I create an idea soup, and I call it idea soup because just frankly, my paper just is uh, squiggles and writing and whatever, and it's free form. And so, for instance, the example I use in the book is the very first time I wanted to get a book deal. 
and I had no idea how to get a book deal. And so I sat down with a piece of paper and I just said, okay, in order for me to be a published author, what must be true? And I wrote down everything I could think of. I need to grow my social media following. I need to research how to do a book proposal. I need to hire a graphic designer. I need to find a literary agent. I need, at the time, I was trying to get a cookbook deal. So I was like, well, I need to hire a photographer. I need to test recipes. I need to write a book proposal. I need to establish myself as an expert in this field. Like, I wrote down everything, right? Everything I could think of. And then, in this big idea soup, I have to identify three things that are the most important, the three things that must be true in order for me to get this cookbook deal. Three things. Now, remember, I also told you, you need three mile markers, right? So the three things you identify are your three steps along the way of the journey. Now, a lot of things This is the important part, dreamers, because dreamers don't have any problem brainstorming. Listen up. Dreamers have a problem narrowing down all of the ideas and doing the ones that are most productive and will be most effective in getting them where they want to go. So it's essential that after you lay down all these ideas, you decide which three are most imperative most imperative to making this dream into a reality. For the book world, for the cookbook world, I had all of these ideas, but the three that mattered most were I needed a literary agent, I needed a book proposal, I needed the lit agent to submit the book proposal to the publishing house. Those are the three steps. Now, there are a million things that happen in between each of those steps, but those are the major courses, okay? Those are the major things that we have to do to get to this goal. And with QVC, it was the same way. I was like, I here's all of these ideas, but the three that were most important for me was like I needed, the end goal was I want an apparel line on QVC. So I needed the team at QVC to recognize me as someone who had influence with women when it came to apparel. So I had to figure out what my roadmap was. And you are going to have to figure out what your roadmap is. So my three things for uh, getting the apparel line at QVC were I needed clout, meaning like I, I needed to establish myself in this space. You as fans might be interested in what I'm wearing, but none of that matters if the outside world doesn't think of me as an expert in the field. If you are trying to get any kind of partnership with a company that is bigger than you, you there has to be there's got to be something in it for them besides the fact that you're cute. There's got to be something in it for them. Either your product is so freaking bomb and nobody else has ever done anything like this before, in which case they're going to pay attention because they like your product, or you are such an influencer in the space, you have so much clout, you are such an expert that they're willing to want to partner with you because you bring something that nobody else does. I needed clout. I needed to get the contacts at the place I was going, and I needed to go to a meeting and kill it. Kill it. Those were my three things. Now, 
you got your roadmap. Hopefully you're writing this down with me as, as I'm going through it. But we've got our finish line, right? We've got our mile markers. So now I'm going to put them in order of what's most important. I have three things that I want to do in this goal. I want to go to a meeting and absolutely kill a presentation with these people. I want to get contacts at QVC. And I need to establish myself in the field as an expert. What is the order that I need to go in. Because the order of your mile markers really matters. The first thing on my list can't be kill it in the meeting, right? Because if you don't have contacts at QVC, you're not getting a meeting. You, you're with me on this, yes? So for me, it was establish myself as an expert was mile marker number one. Number two was get the contacts, get my foot in the door. Number three was get the meeting, have a presentation, kill the presentation. So I did start to establish myself in the field, make sure that my social and anything that we're doing is more reflective of style and, and offering advice and, and creating videos that show you guys how to style things and how to wear things and what to do with it. Between each mile marker, oftentimes, is where we get lost. From, from the starting line to the first mile marker, most people can stay on track. Where a lot of us get thrown off is when we start to head towards something and we get distracted. We get derailed. We start to head off in the direction of getting more clout in this space. And all of a sudden, we take a hard detour into oh, well, you know what? My LinkedIn needs to be stronger and I've got to grow my Instagram following and my Facebook's got to be... And all of a sudden, three months have gone by and you're nowhere near mile two because you're still over here kind of circling around and around mile one. This is why I love a roadmap because I think it's so clear. Like, look, you are not doing... You're not establishing yourself as an expert for the fun of it. You are establishing yourself as an expert so that when you get their attention, they are willing to take a meeting with you, right? One of my favorite quotes ever is Steve Martin. Be so good, they can't ignore you. Be so good, they can't ignore you. But once you've done that thing, well, now you need to start asking yourself questions about how you get from mile one to mile two. And this is all in the book. I take you through exactly how to figure this out, the brainstorming you do, how you narrow it down, how you stay focused. But for today's purpose, just know I did the work to establish myself as an expert in the field. And then mile two was I got to get a meeting. Got to get a meeting. This was the longest part of this journey. I want to say that I started working on this three, oh gosh, three and a half years ago, maybe. And I got a meeting a year ago. Let, let me say that again. I started working on this three years ago and I got a meeting one year ago. Sit with that for a hot minute because here's the other thing that I think about this whole chasing down a goal thing. And this is one of those things that I think I think about a bit differently than a lot of other people. I always heard this idea that 
you know, a goal was a dream with a deadline, you know, that you had to give a deadline to your goals, that you had to put a date on it and say you were going to achieve something by this time or it was no good. And I just vehemently disagree with that. If I had put a deadline on my goals and dreams, I would not, you would not be listening to this podcast. If I had put a deadline on my dreams, you wouldn't even know my name because this took so stinking long. This took not just QC, I mean, my entire career, my entire business has been 15 years of work, you guys. And the problem is not that your ideas aren't good. The problem is not that you can't achieve it. The problem is that most of you will give up before you've even started to make any traction. For me, I started working on this three years ago. I got a meeting a year ago. A year ago, I got a meeting. It took me at least, I, I mean, a, at least a year if nine months to a year to get a response from QVC. And you know what's bananas? I had been on QVC twice for for I first my first cookbook and then my second cookbook. But again, those contacts were in the food area, not the apparel line, number one. And number two, my publisher's not getting giving me contact to those people because there's power in being the one who has contact at a place like that. So your pal Rach had no idea how to get my foot in the door. And I'll tell you, I did what a lot of us do in business. I stalked people on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, me, Rachel Hollis. I stalked basically every member of the apparel team on LinkedIn. Every single one. Tried to connect with them, tried to find their email, tried to send them emails, um, and not this this is such a delicate thing when you are trying to partner with someone who is bigger than you is there is a very fine line between being a hustler and being someone who's working hard for it and being annoying and when you start to annoy the big dog when you start to annoy the person that you're trying to get in business with it is a really slippery slope down to never getting a call back, and also having something negative associated with your name. So I was so careful about wanting to approach them, but being worried about not annoying them because they didn't ask me to reach out. And you got to know, I mean, you got to know, like I wasn't as popular, let's say, a year and a half, two years ago, as I am today. So even though I wasn't who I am today, I, I did have a name that I felt like was enough to get an email back. And this is nothing on them because these women are getting approached by people all day long, all stinking day long. And there's a chance they're not even seeing the stuff that I sent over. But I did not get a return email. I mean... <laughs> 
I, I tried so many different people. I tried so many different ways. I did everything. You know, I would just keep going back to the drawing board. I would keep, you know, you get an idea like, okay, I'm going to send a note to all of the junior apparel buyers and tell them who I am, make it quick and concise, give them a quick sizzle reel that they can watch of me, um, tell them I've been on QVC before if they want to go check, and then just it, not be annoying, but just try and get this meeting, right? You just got to try and get this meeting. But even when you know the step that you're heading in, sometimes it feels like beating your head against the wall because you could just keep trying, but that didn't work. Okay, let me try this. Now that didn't work. Okay, now let me try this. Now that didn't work. And something weird or interesting or I don't know what about me is that I do not like to ask for favors. In the business world, I do not ask for favors. Like it has got to be something crazy for me to ask anybody to make any kind of connection. I think part of it is just for the longest time, I didn't have anybody to ask. And then when I finally had people who were connected, I never wanted associates in business or friends in business to think that the only reason I wanted them in my life was to ask them for favors. Also, there's just a really weird part of me, and I'm sure a therapist would have a field day, but I don't ever want to owe anybody anything. Like nobody can say that any part of my business or any part of my success is because of them, straight up. Like I am so grateful for the team of people who've worked with me at my company. They have helped me build this 100%. But people outside, associates, friends, colleagues, producers, publishers, partners, ain't nobody responsible for this success but me and my team and you guys as the audience who supports us. Something really weird happens when you start to have success is that all of a sudden, everybody wants a piece of it. And... I just didn't want to ask for favors, but I also felt like I'm getting to a place where I don't know how to get a return call. And in the history of my career, cold calling, which is what I was doing by emailing these people who did not know me, I was cold calling them essentially. Cold calling has never really worked for me. I always like to say that I liked to warm call someone, which was just having some kind of introduction from someone they knew in order to get the ball rolling. So I was like, I just need someone who can connect me to the right person here. Like I just, I was so confident if I could just get in the room and I believe this about anything. If I want something, if you put me in the room, nobody can say no to me. I could, if I am passionate about it, if I believe in it, I knew if I could get in the room, I could get the deal. But I was like, I can't even get a return phone call. I really didn't want to ask for a favor. And I only knew a handful of people that might have a connection there anyway. And they were precarious connections, like where it was just an acquaintance. It wasn't even a close friend. And so I thought, I am such a jerk if I ask these people to connect me right now. And I know a lot of people wouldn't care, but that's just your girl, Rach. I I like to do it on my own. Remember, I like to live or die by my own sword. So then I had an idea, which 
do not do this if you are trying to get a deal at QVC because I do not want them to hate me for telling you this trick. But I do think in a lot of businesses, if you're trying to get your foot in the door, the most respectful thing to do is to start with a lower level person and see if you can get their attention. And then slowly move up the ladder. So when the lower level people didn't respond, then I went a little bit higher. And then I went a little bit higher. And I swear, I probably emailed every member of the QVC apparel team that I could find on LinkedIn. And finally, I thought, dude, you got to go to the big dog. Nobody on the lower level is paying attention to you. And maybe that's because... They don't know who you are, or maybe that's because they don't understand how powerful it might be to partner with someone who has a social following like you do. Because remember, I started this process two years ago, but I didn't get that meeting until a year ago. Y'all, a year ago, at that point, Girl, Wash Your Face had happened. My book was crushing it. My, My social media was growing like crazy, like... At that point, I was like, okay, you've got a bit more clout, and these people maybe on who are lower on the team or, or more entry level on the team, maybe they don't even have time to respond to you because they're so busy, but what if you just went all the way to the top? So I figured out who was at the top of the apparel team, and I was like, you are either going to do something epic right now, or you are going to get your head bit off by the alpha. (laughs) You know how it is, man. When you go into a new territory, I was like, oh, brother, please let this work. And I swear to you guys that I, I mean, I, I emailed for months. I must have sent, I can't even tell you how many emails I sent. And I sent an email. I got the email address of the head of the apparel division. And I sent her an email And she emailed me back nine minutes later. So a year of trying and going to the top person. And I got an email back nine minutes later. Now, here's what's important to understand about this journey. If I had emailed the woman at the top when I first started emailing, no way I'm getting that response. Because by the time I go to send that note my career is in a totally different place. That's why I don't like to put a limit, a time limit on what I'm trying to do. It might take you a year. It might take you five years, but that time will pass anyway. The time will pass anyway. So just stick with it. Stay on the trail. Keep going. And I get an email back and they agree to take a meeting with me. And I am frankly crapping my pants. Like I have worked for something for so long and then all of a sudden it's here. I I just had a similar experience in another retailer for, um, I I don't, I don't, I'm not going to jinx it. So I'm not going to name names, but another retailer that I really, really, really wanted to get a meeting with because I feel so strongly about our start today journal. And I just believe she should be out in the world and she should be changing women's lives all over the place. And I really wanted a meeting with this retailer. Same kind of thing. Oh my gosh, I must've sent a bajillion emails trying to get a meeting 
And it's crazy because, again, now I even have more proven ability to sell things. And we sold so many of the journal, but I like couldn't get a meeting. And the day you finally get the, okay, you get the chance, you get the meeting, here we go. So just keep trying. Just keep, and not in an annoying way, let me really quickly do a side note on this because I have people who really want to do business with me or really want me on their podcast or really want, and they have, like, it's not, it's not ambitious. It's not hustle. It's harassment of my team to the point that I don't care if Beyonce is like, oh, hey, Rachel, you should really talk to these people. I will never, ever do business with them because what they perceived as hustle or grit or determination was so inappropriate and unprofessional to my team. So there's a difference and you need to know. Um, One of the ways, and I talk about this in the book, is adding value, adding value. You don't get to have an apparel line just because you want one. You get to have an apparel line because you've done so much work that the person you're trying to partner with sees what you are going to bring to the table. QVC doesn't want to partner with me because I'm cute. They don't want to partner with me because I can be on camera. They want to partner with me because they know I have your attention. That's it. You want to work with a bigger person. You want to get a book published. You want to have your product in these retail stores. You want to do bigger things. You have to be so good they can't ignore you. So the last step for me on this roadmap was the meeting. The meeting matters. And there's all sorts of things that go into that. That's like a whole other podcast episode. But here is the thing I will tell you for my personal style of pitching. I always want to have what is my, what is my opinion? What is my point of view? I need to walk into that meeting with my point of view. Because the partner that you're working with, they have their point of view. They might think that you need to do this stuff over here. And I walked into that meeting and I was like, oh, no, no, no. I want to do casual but aspirational clothes for women. That's what I'm interested in. And I had a point of view, but I was humble. I had a humble point of view because I recognize that I know my audience and myself really well. That's where my point of view comes from, feeling passionately that this is the answer But I was humble because I had no idea how to build an apparel line. That was this partner's expertise. So going into something where you're like on fire and you're excited and you have ideas, but you are not dyed in the wool like it has to be my way or the highway. This is a collaboration. This is a partnership. We've got to work together on making something great. So... All of that to say, having one goal, I want the QVC line. I want the QVC line. And in fact, as always, you can scroll back in my journal and see that I wrote over and over and over every day, I have a best-selling line on QVC. The second thing is focusing in on that thing and working backwards, creating your roadmap. The third is persistence. I was so persistent. I did not give up on what it was that I wanted for my life. And the fourth was I just kept 
trying different ways. I kept self-educating. I thought, okay, I don't know how that works. You know, I'm not getting any traction over here, so I'm going to go to this convention that's about apparel, or I'm going to read books about the retail industry, or I'm going to listen to podcasts, or I'm going to watch YouTube videos. I'm going to go and absorb all of the information about this partner and see what they're doing and how I can fit into it so that I can keep educating myself because in that education, you get little kernels, you get little sparks, you get ideas about what you can do next. And I stuck with it. And here we are. It's launch week. And the Rachel Hollis for QVC line is amazing. I'm so proud of what's in it. Great cottons that look awesome, but have a little spandex, so they lay great on your body graphic tees that say my quotes, um, the you know camo jacket that we took, this vintage camo jacket I had and reworked it so that you could have it too. We literally pulled out clothes from my closet and recreated them for you guys. The sizes go from extra small to 3XL because we wanted to make sure that we had something for every kind of woman out there, every size, every shape, every beautiful single one of you would have something that she could buy. It goes on sale this Friday, May 3rd. So if you're listening to this after the fact, it may or may not be there. And if you are listening to this and it's not May 3rd yet, you definitely don't want to sleep on this collection. I Don't want to jinx myself, but I'm so proud of it. I feel like it is so great. I think the audience loves it as much as I do, and I do not think it will last. So if you want to see Rachel Hollis for QVC, go peep on my Instagram or check out QVC's website. It goes on sale on May 3rd. So on May 2nd at 11.59, when it goes to 12 a.m., that's when it's live. And there will be people who stay up to get that, just like it's a Marvel movie. So if you are one of them, make sure that you tune in. And if you are someone who's dreaming of a big, audacious goal, I want to encourage you to try this. Try this roadmap and see if it works for you. The book is Girl Stop Apologizing. And for this particular practice, I think it's really valuable to have the physical copy of the book in front of you. You can grab it on Amazon, at Target, at Barnes & Noble. You can borrow it from the library for free. Just don't write in that one. Uh, But try this and see if it helps you. In in that chapter, goes into a lot more detail about how to pursue your goal and plan for success in that area. So I hope you liked this topic. I hope it was helpful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Sawyer. Dude, you just scared me so bad. Oh, Lordy, that's what you get for recording a podcast at home. And once again, if you thought I was professional or cool, I've just proven to you that I am just a regular girl, just a mom like you, uh, just trying to make it work, just trying to figure it out, just doing the best that I can and never, never, never taking no for an answer. Have a great week, you guys.